Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work life fit expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co authors from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self empowerment with their personal stories and real life experiences that will help your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Welcome, everyone. It is with great enthusiasm that I am back on the airwaves and relaunching the Changebook radio show. This is a personal development Changebook series that was the vision of Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, and I'm just so honored and passionate to be part of a global community of amazing, talented professionals. We are going to be doing the show live every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But I thought as a treat today, because we're in over 25 countries, I want to start today with just a gem of a lady who is living in the south of France. But she is a fellow Canadian to me, and she is in book number eight, and her name is Diana Allen. I want to give you just a brief overview of this phenomenal healer, spiritual teacher, shaman. Diana has been around the world. She has been on a journey since 1994. She has been studying. She's been teaching. She has visited so many sacred sites and the stories and and just memories that she's created. She has been and lived in over 25 countries on six continents. So who better to share her insight, her wisdom, her healing techniques and modalities that she's experienced, spearheaded, and literally pioneered. So if you are interested in learning how to become your own healer, this is the radio interview that you want to tune into. So Diana, good morning to you from the south of France. I know it's morning for me in Canada and we've just sprung ahead an hour and it's afternoon for you. So a big hug and a welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. Oh, thanks, Deb. A big hug to you, too. It's always so wonderful for me to have a chat with you. Well, it's interesting how you connect and align, and you talk about that in your chapter with passion. And and when I reread your chapter, it was just such, such a gift for me because I could hear your voice, I could hear your passion, and I always love just experiencing your energy, whether we're on Skype or on the telephone. And I really want to let the listeners know what a talented lady you are. So my first question to you is, What interested you the most in joining this global community, being the Change Book series, after you were connected with Jim Britt and Jim Lutz? Well, what interested me the most is, because I am living in the south of France and I'm kind of out here, hanging out here in the ozones, as I seem to do quite often in my life as of late, and I... I was interested in becoming part of a global community with people that I could collaborate with because basically I'm on my own here. And that was what really interested me. And I have met some incredible people 
from all different parts of the world and some collaborations are beginning to, to happen for me. So I'm very grateful to Jim and Jim that they have this absolute brainwave to put this book series together. I fully agree with what you're saying. And and collaborations to me are like building rapport or really having that unique, genuine relationship with people and figuring out how we align, how we can help each other. And just really being able to be open and honest to talk about our own life experiences and communicating, which I feel is one of your best talents. So I'm putting you on the spot here, and I don't want you to think about this, Tell our listeners what one word would encompass and describe you perfectly. Authenticity. How did I know you were going to use that word? And and I would give I know, that. Maybe because you're psychic, Deb. I don't know. <laughs> but you are authentic, and and I want to I want to really delve into your chapter in the book. And like I mentioned, you are in book eight. And if you would allow me the pleasure, I would like to read one paragraph that not only resonated with me, but I think it's going to speak to the masses. So I just would like to read a paragraph. So this is from Diana's chapter in chap in book eight, and this is from page 170, and it's at the bottom. And I really want you to be open and listen to the, to the words of this paragraph and see if they resonate with you as they did with me. Only when taking responsibility for experiences and communicating them clearly can you create a life by conscious design and expand your awareness. The alternative is to continue to live as you have been. For permanent changes to occur, you must connect with the healer within. This requires a conscious connection to the infinite source of being. That is a very powerful paragraph. So, Diana, take us back to when you were writing this chapter because I feel that it really culminates who you are as a person, who you are as a woman, and what you exude as a healer. And that clearly states who you are and what you do. So can you just give the listeners an overview of where, the, where these words came from and how you bring them to life when you work with different people all over the world? All right. And I thought, oh, that sounds pretty good. And I actually have written that. How amazing. Because of all the work that I do with the spiritual teaching, my shamanic work, the music and the art, the writing is the most challenging for me. And it was for me to actually surrender and open up to my guidance and allow the information to come through me. And my work around the world has been about as my chapter says, be your own healer. I think that people don't understand that when and if they do not look at what is happening with them emotionally, they want to put that aside, then our bodies will symptomize because there's something that you need to look at. There's a message to you. So any kind of dis-ease in the body is, is 
comes from not looking at what is really going on with you at a much deeper level because it's important to look at all aspects, mental, emotional, physical, intuitive, and spiritual. If we don't have all of those encompass all of them, then we are not in alignment. I'm just sitting here ruminating on what you're saying, and I... I love the breakdown of the word disease because that's truly what it is. The body is in dis-ease. And I know in your chapter that you made reference to an article that was written by John Rappaport, and I I hope I've done justice to his last name, and it was entitled Mm -hmm. American Addict, the Mental Police State. And would you just give us an overview on that? Because I, I really feel that it really fuels how people think and how society thinks and how we've become a pharmaceutical dependent society. So can you just touch on that? Definitely. So in allopathic medicine, which does have its place if you require surgery or you've broken your leg or whatever, in our society, the way that the the allopathic, pardon me, allopathic physicians work, this is their mandate, and they prescribe pharmaceuticals. And then everybody goes and has a pill for all seasons, all reasons, and that just pushes down into the body what is being happening, down into the mental body, the emotional body, and maybe the person isn't connected to their spirit isn't consciously connected to their spiritual guidance. I knew I wasn't for a very long time. And to move out of the idea that we can take a pill, for instance, if I had a, I had a headache the other day, very rarely do I get headaches. And I thought, okay, what is this? So I'm doing all my energy work and whatever. And one of my friends, well, a woman that I've just met recently, she said, well, maybe you better go to the doctor. And I thought, "Uh, no, I do not go to the doctor. And what would the doctor do? Give me a pain killer. Well, that's exactly what it does. Anytime you take any analgesic, it actually pushes down. It, It stops the pain. Yes, that's the job. And it pushes down the the root cause of it so that you are still masking and antidepressants are another really good example i think there are thousands of people on antidepressants which again pushes down whatever is really wanting to be expressed so that you can live a different life so that you can live in joy and happiness and live to your the fullest extent of your being. We can't do that when we're drugged out. Well, and I think it's so powerful when you talk about suppressing because every pain has an element of emotion. And if you look at the mm-hmm. phenomenal work that Louise Hay has done over the years and, and how many people she has helped, it's it's just intriguing to me that we've become that quick, expeditious society, everything supersized, 
everything's, you know, got a drive through associated to it, where if we just stopped and paused and, and maybe looked inward to see why this is happening, much like you talked about your headache. And because we have so much emotional awareness with everything we do in our lives, whether it be personal or professional, I think it scares people to want to get to what the medical world calls the etiology, the root of the problem. And how do you think we can break down that barrier? Well, it's people being willing to wake up. And everybody has their own agenda. They have their own time frame. I know that I sort of waited for the frying pan over the head kind of wake up in 1987. And I have young children here in my life, friends of my friends, who are 15, 11, and 9. The 9-year-old knows how to do self-inquiry. These children are more conscious than 95% of the other people in this village. I'm sure they are. So it's really important for people to, well, let me just say, I think that sometimes they say with an alcoholic that you have to hit rock bottom before you decide to climb back up again. And it's time that people realize that they don't have to create that until they can expand their awareness so they can live a different life. Let's do it from joy and love and having a wonderful experience rather than thinking I have to wait till my life totally falls apart before I can do anything. Do I, do I create cancer and then say, oh, well, maybe, oh, part of this came from my trauma or some kind of abuse in my childhood that I wasn't willing to look at. And it's so important that people begin to embrace themselves and realize that they have this incredible power within them. They have their innate connection to the divine, the divine healer. And that's putting our ego in its proper place. I don't say get rid of the ego because we're in a body and have a personality which is part of which is our ego and it's to though not allow your ego to be the driver and you the passenger the ego it's important that it is the passenger and you with your alignment from the divine you are the driver of your vehicle which is your body which is your space which is the home you live in the car you drive Everything is a reflection of who you are. And it's it saddens me to to even think and, and see because as you know I, I volunteer at our local hospice and mm-hmm. you talk about the frying pan over the head and, and I chuckle and I know you're making that a pun, but there's deeper meaning in that and I get it. But why do you think people have that repetitive pattern of behavior that they have to be hit over the head with the frying pan repetitively or they have to receive that unfortunate diagnosis of a terminal illness like like cancer and then that's their aha moment how do we nurture and educate like you're doing so well globally 
on a bigger level so that people can, you know, for lack of a better phrase, get that cart before the horse and not have to receive that. I mean, I've been on my bandwagon preaching that for over 25 years as a medical case Mm -hmm. manager, and it just saddens me to see the revolving pattern. How do you think on a global level people are going to get the message of having that self-love and looking inward and just maybe speaking from your expertise as a shaman, how do you think we're going to have resolve or, or do you think we ever will? Well, that's a really good question. And I don't know if we ever will. For me, I realize that it's important for me to live my life in alignment, in harmony, in authenticity. And I, there are lots of people here because the French are not really interested in looking inward. I don't even tell them. I don't even speak about what I do here. I live my life. I bring my light, my apartment. I worked energetically on this apartment before I even arrived here. And I have a portal to Lemuria in my entranceway. This is a beacon of light. And I am in a, in a small village. It's only 8,000 people. And it is very constricted by old Catholic control and will. And so that's how a lot of the people are here. And so with me walking down the street or speaking with somebody in a cafe or in a restaurant, and I actually had one woman in the boulangerie in the bakery say, you're our very best client. And I said, oh, that's so sweet. And it's for all of us who are awake to not push our ideology on other people because then they just resist. Live your life in a loving, respectful place and coming from gratitude. I am so grateful and I live my life that way. Grateful to be here in France. I know that uh, the reason that I'm here is to do earth clearings and just to be. Well, one of the things that intrigues me about the Change Book series and the several hundred authors that we have now is we all have a story. And Mm -hmm. I think the change book series on a global level and an energy level has brought together just an incredible group of human beings. And I know when I wrote or when I read, sorry, your chapter, I felt the little girl, I felt the grown woman and I felt the woman who was on the journey back in the early nineties. So Mm -hmm. I want you to share a little bit about your story because you do talk about having an abusive adoptive mom and that you had Mm -hmm. very, very little five memories of your childhood. And you did, unfortunately, like many adults have that abuse as a child. How did you hit your rock bottom if you did? And how do you feel it contributed to the work that you're doing now and what growth did you get going back and healing that little girl to become the magnificent woman you are today? All right. 
That's that's a lot, Deb. Okay, so um, disassociation was how I lived my life as a form of protection. And I think that there are a lot of people who really aren't in their bodies. They forget their car keys, they have accidents, all sorts of things happen. And for me, it was to keep myself safe from my abusive adoptive mother. And once I realized, no, once I had my awakening, I didn't even know then that I had been, had this physical abuse. And I went to a program called The Pursuit of Excellence, and I think it's stated in my chapter. And that was my awakening of, whoa. And I woke up, I really woke up. And I thought, oh, okay, so now it's time for me to live my life differently. And because I have, can have a lot of fire energy propelling me, it was, I went warp speed into all the rest of the work and the training and everything that I did. And I had been married for 27 years and had a 6,000 square feet retreat center, not retreat center, healing center in Kamloops, British Columbia, and it was called the Expanded Awareness Center, and this is the beginning of the 90s. Now, expanded awareness even now, but then... So after a year, I realized it was time for me to leave where I was, and I closed my center, and I, that's when I started to travel. I thought I would travel for a year, and one year turned into seven. But to go back and answer your question, that how important was it for me to heal that child part of me that had been abused, and one of my... When I was doing my therapist training, a woman in the group was a massage therapist, and she said to me, I think you ought to go to a chiropractor. Your neck's been out of alignment. I think your neck's out of alignment, and it has been for a really long time. And because my mother used to grab my head, and she used to slap me across the face, so definitely my neck was out of alignment. And so then I began, real, that's when I realized I really wasn't in my body. I wasn't in my life. And I said that to my husband at one time. He says, what do you mean you weren't here? He said, you have a husband and three children. And I looked at him and I said, good actress. Yes, because I looked like I was there. Sure did. And lots of memory gaps. So anytime anybody has a memory gap, that's a really good indication that there has been some kind of abuse in their childhood that they were protecting themselves from. And that protection served me at that time, and it certainly didn't serve me as an adult who actually wanted to move forward in my life. And with my mother, I actually did all the internal work myself with setting boundaries with her also because I had not set a boundary. So she would just walk in, walk in physically. She would walk into my room. She would read my mail. She would do all sorts of things when I was a teenager because I had never learned how to set a boundary. So that, I don't know if I'm even answering your question, Deb. 
No, you know what? You've done a beautiful job and and you've touched on something that I think is very important in in the work that you do. And and you know that I love to toot my horn and teach and facilitate about work-life balance. And one of the strategies to do that is to implement boundary management. And you Mm -hmm. may lose some friends along the way. You may have some family not like your decisions, but if it's going to be to the promotion of your own self-love, self-help, and just maintaining who you need to be where you're at in your life, sometimes that's a risk you have to take, isn't it? Well, definitely. And our friends along the way have, have gone because they were not, they're not interested in, I won't say keeping up, but they weren't interested in moving forward in their life. They wanted to stay in their old patterns, and I moved on, and I have new friends who support me, and I even have these kids who say to me, you're part of our tribe. (laughs) so cute. Well, and I think that as we age, I mean, I can certainly say from my 20s to my 30s to my 40s and now at 50, I have all of one friend left from my youth, And I think as we grow and develop as a person, as a professional, as a woman, as a human being, we align ourselves, meaning that our tribe is going to continually change and evolve. And I just Mm. think that that's, I mean, if we're not learning every day, we're not living. And you and I have had great conversations around this. Yeah. So what I would love to treat the listeners to now, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, but I know you're a healer, so I know you can do great things in the moment. Two things I would love for you to share. You've got a phenomenal event coming up in June in the south of France that I'd love you to talk about. And if you're up to it, I would love for you to play the piano and sing for the listeners because you just have the voice of an angel, and I've experienced it a few times. So are you up for my challenge? Of course, of course. And I would never say I have a voice of an angel because actually when I chant and I do clearing work for people because I use my voice and have been for over 30, well, 30 years doing that, I actually tap into my Cherokee and my Cree roots, my bloodlines, and I sound like an Indian. So, and if ever you are entertained, let's say, with me by, or when I play the drum and chant, then it sounds like the whole nation coming. So, yes. So I would love to do that. First of all, I'll tell you about the south of France. I live in a village called Pezinas which is very artistic. And I am doing a, an event on the 10th to the 15th of June here. And I have rented a beautiful home with a large group room, a pool, beautiful private yard, place for eight people. It'll be a small retreat because the work that I like to do is very individual and very, very uh, transformational, let's say. And so it will be called Coming Home to the Heart. A lot of people have, are disconnected, especially a lot of women have th- problems with their throats. So they're disconnected from their heads to their hearts. 
We will be working with clearing the ancestral line of the feminine and of the masculine, and especially the feminine who has been silenced for eons, and this goes back to our ancestors. So from the DNA, we will be clearing that information, along with doing just a whole host of other things, and we'll have fun, and my beautiful, wonderful friend from the Isle of Man, her name is Griba Powell, is going to come and do yoga. We will do some artwork. We will tour the Centre Historique of this beautiful little village. We will have gourmet vegetarian cuisine, and of course, the sunshine. So that will be the 10th to the 15th of June, and I'm in the process of getting my brochure together, and if you would like more information about that and a brochure, please send me an email at diana.allen138 at gmail.com. And now what I'll do is, what do you want, Deb? Do you want the piano first or the singing first? I'm I'm just allowing you to do what you feel comfortable with. And I just wanted to ask, will you be posting the info directly on your website? Yes, I will. Uh, no, because I don't. Oh, I don't really know how to do that. <laughs> yes, this is my technical challenges. But I will okay. post it on Facebook. It'll be on Facebook. Okay, perfect. So I will let you sing and play as you feel you need to do. Take it away. I'm going to play now. And just if I just do this, can you hear that? I can hear it. It's beautiful. Okay. I just have, because I have my iPad a little bit of a distance from my keyboard. So this is one of my most, well, yeah, I don't know, one of my gifts which is to be able to access the morphogenetic field, read a person or a group's energy, and transpose that energy into music. Don't ask me how it really happens, because I don't really know. I just sit at the piano with the intention, and my hands move, I close my eyes, and it all happens. And I play the white keys all together, and then I play the black keys all together. So you will actually get two songs. And now the intention is, because we can go backwards in time, we can go to the present time, and we can go forward in time. So my intention is that anybody who listens to this music is uh, that it speaks to them. So I'm putting the music into the future for whoever happens to listen to it.
So also, well, that was the white keys and the black keys. What I also offer is I can play your soul song, your soul vibration, and then record it as an MP3, and you can download it for your cell phone so that when your phone rings, that rather than having some generic song, you will have your own vibration. And that the intention of that is that that will bring you more into alignment and say, oh, yes, I remember my connection, my connection to the divine. So I don't know if it was distorted, the sound. No, it was it was very beautiful. I, I decided to just embrace the moment, and I, I just sat and grounded myself and felt like I just had, like, a personal meditation. It was lovely. I I have to I have to ask you to just give the listeners just a little bit of the story about Lucy Bear Proctor because when you shared that with me and sent the photo, I just felt that it was almost the completion of a circle for you. And I don't know why I had that image, but just such a powerful photo. So please share who Lucy Bear Proctor is and how you found her. Okay. I was born in in Edmonton, and my mother was 14 years old. And, And my father was 28, and he actually had Cree... Cree um, blood that went back to France to the 1500s. So on my other side, my mother's father is where the Cree lineage comes in. And through one of my newfound cousins from Texas, just last year I found Lucy Bearpaw Proctor, and she was full-blooded Cherokee, and she and her husband walked the tail of trail of tears and he died along the way and they had these 10 children you can imagine that she was now a widow with all these children and so and the photo I think she's absolutely magnificent in that photo don't you Deb I do and it's I've looked at it a couple times and I I double clicked on it so it would take up my, my whole screen and just again authentic strong just beautiful just a beautiful energy of confidence that she really really um gave to me when i looked at her photo yeah and the thing is that i didn't even know that i had any native blood and yet when i first started singing soul songs for people one of my friends whose husband is the chief of the Indian band, after I, we were in a workshop and I suggested to everybody just to sing because a lot of women, as I said before, have their throat chakras closed down. And so I just, we just sang. And afterwards she said to me, the song you were singing, my Katie and my grandmother used to sing that song to me. And I looked at her and I said, well, as far as I know, it isn't any song. So Fast forward quite a few years uh, going around the world and singing for people. Sometimes people tell me they have heard the songs before. 
And also when I play the piano for a group of people, sometimes somebody will say, oh, there was a part in there that I knew that that belonged to me. And back to the Lucy part, and when looking at her in being so regal in this buckskin dress, and I had wanted a buckskin dress for absolutely years, not even knowing that that was part of my heritage. And one thing that happened to me when I was working with a psychologist in Vancouver, he and I were trading sessions, and somehow or other, we came upon this information of the Indian residential schools. Well, number one, I didn't know I had any Native blood. I didn't know anything about the Indian residential schools. I'd never met anybody who had been to one. And when we were doing this, the clearing, I was doing my own singing to clear the energy, and I could hardly sing. I had tears streaming down my face, and I was just about convulsing with an energy that had been passed down from ancestors that I had no idea about. And you and you just intuitively found her, which is, it's, it's just a beautiful story. Yeah. Uh, okay, so do you want me to sing now, Deb? Deb? I do, and then I have a little treat for you, and we will wrap up the first show of relaunching the Changebook radio show. So go ahead. All right. So um, I have two different kinds of singing that I do. So when I do clearing, of assist people in clearing their DNA, that's when I sound mostly like like a First Nations person. And then I have this other singing that when we're bringing in the other energy to fill in what we have released, it's basically like defragging your computer. So you take out old programs and you put in new programs so that you can have a much more centered kind of happy life. So I don't know what kind of song will come through because I never know. And what I'll do though, Deb, is if you want, I will sing your soul song for you. That would be wonderful. We've got five minutes left, so let's do it. All right. Now, again, I don't think, I have no idea what, I, what I'm going to sound like, so, or what the sounds will be. I know it's specifically for Deb, and that's all I know. Where? Wow. 
I, I'm just, I'm in awe of your, your energy and your talents. And I, I love quotes and everyone knows that. And I always want to end the interview with something very personal to the person I interviewed. So I found this quote and it's about a shaman and it's written by an anonymous person. So this is my gift to you, Diana. In many shamanic societies, if you came to a medicine person complaining of being disheartened, dispirited, or depressed, they would ask you one of four questions. When did you stop Mm -hmm. dancing? When did you stop singing? When did you stop being enchanted by stories? And when did you stop finding comfort in the sweet territory of silence? That is who you are to me. I think it's the epitome of who you are as a woman and the gift you give to this world. And I just want to thank you for being my first interview back on the Change Book Series radio show. And I hope you've enjoyed the time as much as I have, because it's always a gift to spend time with you. Oh, thank you, Deb. Touched my heart. Very, very sweet. Thank you. So please keep shining your light and doing the global work that you're doing. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Change Book Radio Show here on Blog Talk Radio. I want to thank Jim Britt and Jim Lutz for asking me to relaunch the show. It's For me, it is beyond an honor and a privilege to spend time with people like Diana Allen. Here I am sitting in Chile, Canada, talking to a wonderful healer in the south of France, all with the gift of the beauty we have of technology today. So I hope that you got a little nugget out of today's interview with Diana, and I hope you'll join me every weeknight, every Wednesday, pardon me, on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern. And I'm back on Wednesday night with Anita Eggers-Brook out of the Change 4. And again, it's it's an interview you're going to want to listen to, just another powerful, dynamic female entrepreneur. So have a great day today. I hope you enjoy today. And try and find something tucked in the corner of today that's going to make today even better than yesterday. This is Deb Crow, and until next time on the Change Book Radio Show, take care. <laughs>